0: Good morning, everyone. Morning. Oh, sorry, I'm a ten, mate. This morning is it's oh, from Psalms 34, verses 1 to 10. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boasts in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked at him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues him. O taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Thank you very much. Praise God. Well, we're starting a series on foundations for um, foundations for faith. And you've got your little book called Foundations for Strong Faith. Anyone who didn't get one, Margaret's going to hand one out to you. If you'd like one, you just put your hand up, one down the front, a couple down the back. Praise God. And over there, she'll come round. First week, we're doing My God is a Rewarder. And uh, the reason I chose this as a Bible reading is because I'm really only using one verse. Hebrews 11, 6, and that would be too short. I just like to see, uh, like to hear Bev's voice out here. So we put a bigger one. But Psalm Psalm thirty four talks about uh, who, uh, who David discovered God to be, and uh, he discovered God to be his uh, provider, his safety. But he also links it. He says, "I sought God, and this happened. Uh, I, I I prayed, and this happened. And uh, John Wesley, the great Methodist uh, revivalist, said it seems that God is limited. He said, it seems that God is limited by our prayers. And I know that God, uh, no one or nothing limits God. However, um, God chooses not to impose himself on people because he's polite, all right? So in that sense, and this verse, Hebrews eleven six that we're basing this on, talks about God being a rewarder. Um, and it says, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, For without faith, is it up there? For without faith it is impossible to please God. For anyone who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And I, I used uh, in... I use the, amp, the Amplified version in this one here, and I've got King James on, on there. What's that verse? That's it, thank you. Uh, in the Amplified it says, But without faith it's impossible to walk with God and to please him, for whoever comes near to God must by necessity believe that God exists and he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. The reason I chose the Amplified for this, but King James for that, Yes, they both bring out a different, slightly different meaning. The Amplified says, For anyone who walks with God, who draws near to God. And of course, the verse before Hebrews eleven five talks about Enoch. And the Bible says that Enoch walked with God, and Enoch pleased God. And uh, it's interesting because walking with God infers a couple of things. It infers that where you're, you're going to be in six months or a year or ten years is not where you are now. True? And so where we are uh, are now in our faith life and what things that are affecting us now, they're not going to be. They're not where God wants us to go. And things that maybe we're suffering or oppressed by now, that's not God's dream for us. God's got a destiny for us and he wants to walk with us. And then it says that Enoch... Pleased God. Well, it says he was commended or awarded with the uh, the little badge that says please God. You know, we can put a little, you know, Sunday school out there, they'll probably come out with a little badge. I think they're doing fruits of the spirit. But we can get a little badge that says I please God. That's that's pretty good, don't you think? I please God. When you like to be walking around, get to heaven, and they give you a little badge. You please God. Well, the Bible says Enoch pleased God because he walked with him. And Hebrews 11, uh, 6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God, which means with faith, it's possible to please God. Uh, And I, I felt very much to start on this scripture. It's not... You know, for from preaching faith and signs and wonders and miracles, it's not the biggest, most exciting scripture. And I'm thinking, God, I'd rather start with something that's big and exciting. And it just kept coming back to start with this scripture. And in praying about it, uh, I really felt what comes out in this scripture. Faith is there for a purpose. First purpose, what we believe is so that it governs It governs uh, what we do, what we say, how we treat people, our faith. But the second purpose is that we can, so that we can trust God and we can believe God. And for too often, often when we're teaching on subjects, you know, we get all this knowledge up here and we think about this and we think about the new covenant and we think about the promises of God and we think about the blood of Jesus and we think about the atonement. We think about resurrection power and we forget that really it's about a relationship with God. And this scripture, the great faith chapter, starts early in it that, that if, if you can believe God, you can please him. And faith really is, is just your set of beliefs. Faith is those things that you accept as being true. But what faith is about is about trusting God. And so the purpose of our faith is for us to learn to trust God whether that's learning to trust god for your salvation whether it's learning to trust god for your provision and anything need that you have faith the purpose of faith is to trust god and when we trust god it pleases him yeah. he's not demanding and you might think well i've got to be good or you might think i've got to do this and i've got to do that and i've I've got to, you know, pray so many hours a day and I've got to get rid of that habit and I've got to stop doing that sin. And none of those things impress God. You can't impress God with your self-righteousness. He is not impressed because he's a lot more righteous than we could ever, ever be. So we need to learn to impress God on his terms. We impress God. It pleases God when we trust Him. When we put our trust in Him. And the Bible says Enoch walked with God and was not. He just grew up so trusting on his life's journey. He learned to trust God so much at every step that he just walked over into heaven. Who knows? Then it says he was not. All right. So if you don't know the Old Testament scriptures, it says he was not. He just went to heaven. That's a good way to go. But the Bible says he pleased God. So it's important when we look at faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For anyone who comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who seek him. It's important to realize that we need to please God on his terms. So, you know, uh, if we're, uh, unlike uh, Chloe, last week I shared with you about Chloe when she was a child, remember? And had she'd pray at Christmas time. you remember, you got told about the story, didn't you, myself? How, you know, she, she realised that she, she hadn't necessarily been the perfect girl. I know looking at her now, it's hard to believe that, but, you know, so she went down, you know, kidnapped, and she kidnapped, I mean, she picked up, you know, Jesus, Mother Mary, you know, told her, wrapped her up, and you were here last week, you didn't hear this story. And so she went down. She from and she picked up from the nativity scene Mary. She put her up. She wrapped her very carefully and put her under the pillow of her bed. And said, "Dear Lord God," she said, "I know I haven't been that good this year, but I've got your mother."
0: <laughs>
1: well, unfortunately, that would not impress God. But what impresses God is when we trust Him. What pleases Him is when we trust Him. We were away last week down at my family's place and I've got a strategy. Uh, I'm quite overt about my strategy. Linda's just more subtle about it, but I have a, uh, a PPS, that's a PGS strategy. It's the Preferred Grandparents Strategy. Do I have any grandparents here? Do you, you, uh, I know you're probably ashamed to admit it, but do you develop a Preferred Grandparents Strategy? No, okay. It's just me that's carnival, you know, I've decided to prefer grandparent's strategy. But I, I um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to joke about our in-laws on the other side, but, you know, they're wonderful people. And, but nevertheless, um, one of our in-laws is a, a grumpy old, it, it means to expel gas, starts with F and ends VART, all right? And, uh, He'll be the first, no, I'm going to get it from Lin. He'll be the first one to tell you all this, all right? And I am sitting there all week trying to work out, you know, how to get on with Tony's his name.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> won't be watching George. He's
1: very generous of bit. Like, he's a grumpy old.
0: Dig up, dig
1: up. <laughs> Stop digging. So I'm working out, you know, how am I going to get on with this guy, you know, seriously. He's telling me what's. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be pretty easy to be preferred grandparent in this. <laughs> He's actually a lovely guy. He's very, very generous. But anyway, at times he can come across first impressions being grumpy. So I said to Luke, my son, like, yeah, what does he like? And of course I know that he likes talking. Right? And then Luke says, uh, well, he likes whiskey. You just see me turn to go into the bottle shop and buying some whiskey, but he likes licorice. So I went and I bought some bunch of licorice, and I thought I'm going to have to win this guy over. So I sat there three or four mornings in a row and listened and bought him licorice, this licorice, that licorice, chocolate coated licorice bullets, and you know I think I think by. By yesterday morning, I I, I think I'd edged, I won my way into his heart. Don't you think, darling? Uh, She's staying out of this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the point is, is that uh, you have to work out, you know, people's love language. You understand people's love you know? Like uh, men have love languages, women have love languages. Apparently, there's five different love languages. They say, guys, uh, that women only have two love languages. Do you know that, Trevor? That's what the experts say. Women have only got two love languages. And uh, they reckon um, when they find out what they are, they're going to write another book about that. <laughs> God's love language is trusting him. That's what pleases God. If anyone comes to God, Without faith, it's impossible. It it's without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, and remember, faith in God is simply trust. Faith is what you believe, but faith in God is trust. If you trust God, you please God. That's what pleases Him. I got it. You got that photo of uh, me and my uh, second grandchild. So this, remember, Azariah. Those of you, so this is uh, this is Pa and Azariah. So Pa, so Azariah took Pa for a walk, as you can see. And uh, you know what it's like, pa's, That uh, you, you know, they start to go for a walk, they're running everywhere, and then after about five hundred minutes, they're starting to get tired, you know. And so uh, I start to say, Can Pa put you on his shoulders? No. And for some reason he wasn't trusting me. Can Pa put you on his shoulders? No. But then again, I think the trust ratio is probably the same between us and God. The trust, trust gets easier as the legs get wearier, don't
0: they?
1: <laughs> when you realize that you just don't have the strength to go on and think, oh, maybe I might think about trusting God.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm already out of money. I've got nothing left, no strength. All else fails, trust God. <laughs> so you let this kid run up and down and finally we're starting to get weary, you basically say, Can Pa pick you up? and he goes, Oh, okay, and then you pick him up and he sits on your shoulders and you know the kid's happy and you know who's happiest? Pa. Because Pa knows that little Azariah is starting to trust him. I'm not too impressed with his fingers. I don't know, they found every orifice on my face. Every ear hole, every eye hole, every nose hole, every mouth hole. It starts with the ears. But you know. he's sort of put up with it because he's trusting you. And he's on your shoulder, you know. Uh, how many uh, sort of stray little things has God put up with us because we're trusting him? In fact, the Bible says if you trust him, he credits that as righteousness. So that means wherever you are blowing any other areas... Wherever you fail in it, our faith is credited to us as righteousness. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, it's possible to please God. When we trust God, we're pleasing to Him. For anyone who comes to God first must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. And uh, who knows, like uh, Lazariah. How sweet that, how good, how much more, Jesus would say, how much more does your heavenly father please when you decide you're going to trust him in life's trials and then after a while you realize sooner you trust him the better <laughs> anyone <knows> that? <laughs> as soon is just okay lord now I've, I've been this way before i've stuffed it up so many times i'm just going to trust you right from the start Right? right i'm going to find your promises i'm going to believe that right from the start and then it's on you the outcome's on you so then hebrews eleven six says if we're to believe God, we please God. When we trust Him, we please Him. And too often we think, you know, circumstances in life, we think maybe God's trying to teach me something. Maybe I've been naughty. You know, maybe I did something. Maybe God's trying. Yeah, God's trying to teach you something. He's trying to teach you to trust Him. Because when we trust Him, it pleases Him. We grab hold of a promise and we say, God, this is your word to me. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to believe it. Even when signs and symptoms and everything's going wrong, I'm trusting you for the outcome because you have said. So then Hebrews 11:6 6 says this. They must believe that God is. Now, most modern translations say God exists, but I pulled up the King James because I think for once the King James got it right and the New King James and the old NASB, the 1970s NASB, and the new ones say exist. I like when it says anyone must believe that God is, because when you look up uh, you know, the meaning of the word, it actually means God is present with us. So before we come to God, we must believe that he cares about us. He's not some abstract being. Like Einstein believed in a God who is abstract and absent from the world and you know the Greek and Hebrew gods were not the Greek and Hebrew the Greek and Roman gods but they just played off in their own little little realms up there the little G gods not the big G gods but the Hebrew God revealed himself by a name called Jehovah which means the Lord your the Lord your You, you couldn't say Jehovah Unless you appreciated that he wanted to have a relationship with you. So I am the Lord your healer. I am the Lord your provider. Jehovah Sid I am the Lord your righteousness. So anyone who believes, anyone who comes to God must believe that he is, that he's present, and that he's interested. And it's amazing to think that God is interested in me. Anyone who comes to God, you can't come to God unless you believe that as soon as you turn to him, he turns to you. Yes. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. His ears are open to the cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the memory from them from the earth. But the righteous cry and the Lord hears, hears them. Yeah. I cry and the Lord hears me. We must believe that he is, that he's present, he exists, and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. We don't change the nature of God. God's a provider. God's good. Uh, God's our righteousness. He's our source. He's our healer. He's our provision. He's all those things which he set himself to be. We don't change his nature, but he becomes that to us. Yes. when we trust him he becomes that to us when we recognize that he is a rewarder of those who seek him so he is your righteousness he is your provider he is your ever-present help in the time of need but he come he come becomes that to you when you seek Him. for anyone to come to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. Other thing I like about that, it says that He is, not was. Growing up in the Salvation Army, anyone who grew up in the Salvation Army? Oh, good. Well, I can tell some stories. <laughs> Growing up in the Salvation Army in the Hursful Corps, we had a big scripture plastered along the back of the of the of the of the corps building that they. Uh, the hall. And it was from Hebrews 13. It said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for years sitting there coloring the little colors, you know, back in the day, kids behaved themselves. Remember that? (laughs) (laughs) It was that or else really. (laughs) And Or else was not pretty. We we learned to sit down there and just color. in. we actually have Sunday school before church And then we'd come into church and we'd sit down. But whenever I'd look up and and hear the preacher, I'd see plastered on the back of the wall, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. And that stuck with me. And this verse says that anyone comes comes to God, he must believe that he is. Now, we can believe that he was. A lot of Christians believe that he was. He was a provider. He was the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He was the healer. He was the redeemer. But is he? Like, is he today? And some Christians believe that he will be. We can believe that he will be. It kind of takes less faith. So it doesn't believe that he will be. Like when we all get to heaven in the sweet old by and by. We cross that River Jordan. We sit there with it and we play spiritual, you know, games. Or that he will be these things to us. And, And that's fine. But that scripture says that he is. Anyone who comes to God must believe that he is. So at that time that you come to him, he forgives your sins. At that time that he comes to him, he declares you righteous. At that time that you come to him, he is your provider. He is your deliverance. He is the ever-present God. The ever-present God. David said, where can I flee from your presence? I've tried it, don't work. It's not good. You go to the pits of... Oh, bottom of the ocean he is there. Yes. But will he be God to you? You can't change his nature, but you can make him a rewarder.
0: Yeah,
1: Actually the word reward there means you incite him to give. All oh, glory. Anyone who believes that he is, it incites God to give. And I tell you, if he isn't now, he wasn't then, and he never will be. Now think about that, sports fans. If he isn't the forgiver of your sins, if he isn't the provider, if he isn't your protector, if he isn't your righteousness, he never was, and he never will be. Because he is today what he was then. And he is today what he will be. And anyone who comes to God must believe that He is and He will reward you when you come to Him. Hallelujah. Not was, not will be, is. He is. Today, He is the answer to your need. Today, He is the Redeemer of your soul. Today, He is the joy in your heart. Today, He is the ever present God. Today, he is the author and perfecter of your faith. Today, he is your healer. He is your deliverer. He's your righteousness. He's your provision. He's your standby. He's the strong tower. If he was a strong tower for David, he can, he's a strong tower for me. And when I come to him and seek him on that, it incites him to reward me. It incites him to action. You know, the woman, the 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 the, the and ancient woman, whatever that, you know, the Gentile woman Sorry. Definition, you know and she's pleading God you know according to the the um according to the, uh, the David divinic covenant he says uh, son of David because in divinic covenant had healing and all those things son of David she wasn't a daughter of David but as soon as she exercised faith it incited Jesus to action oh you want to believe it's like you. oh you want to talk about my mother <laughs> you know that Okay, that means slipped a lot of things. <laughs> I know we're cross generation, but come on, all these get with it. You know, <laughs> you, know you insult someone's mother. You go, oh, mommy, you're my, my mother. Well, your mother. <laughs> well, we trust God, it incites him. He says, What you want to talk about me, your provider? I'll be your provider. The Bible says, To bring my word to remembrance to incite him. He will be. We can't change God. We're not twisting his arm. He's declared who he is. He's the forgiver of sins. And he can be your forgiver of sins. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's eternity. He can be your eternity this morning. He is. If he ever was, he is. If Jesus ever walked those streets and Laid hands on the sick, he's walking them now. If he ever forgi- forg- forgave the woman caught in adultery and they brought her forward, if he ever did that, he's doing it now. And he wants to do it now. Because anyone who comes to God must believe that he is and he rewards those who come to him diligently, sincerely seeking. <coughs> Hallelujah. January 1975. 17th of January 1975 which is, you remember was a it was a Thursday because it's the first time I really realized not only did Jesus rise from the dead but he rose from the dead for me not only did he carry the sin on the cross but he carried it for me and the Jesus and, and I believed I believe in God I, I believe in Jesus and I believe he rose from the dead but I never knew it really so is for me now so in that starry night Cobbety, just outside of Sydney I surrendered my life to him and the God who was the God who will be became the God who is now for me when I was going through a university University of New England and first year at university uh, i was like a, a dried up old biscuit you know and i, I, knew, the yeah, I knew the word i knew the word knew the word inside and out you got the word knew it knew all the scriptures i thought i just knew everything you know what it's like when you're 21 you pretty well know everything true i knew everything and i i you know i'd heard about this thing called the holy spirit And I say that uh, humbly, because the Holy Spirit's a person. But for me, I believed in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I knew the stories in Acts about how the Holy Spirit was poured out on people and how Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem to receive power from the Holy Spirit. But I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit is Anyone who comes to God must believe that he is. And when I came to understand that the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for me, it was for now, he is. I didn't need strength back then. I won't need strength to overcome the world in heaven. I need it now. I need the Holy Spirit now. On Sunday morning, I'm Send the Assemblies of God. I, I felt so embarrassed because I I, I I, believe in the Holy Spirit. I've been prayed for and I had, you know, a few words and this, that and the other. And I felt God say to my heart, lift up your hands. Yes. Not that you need to lift up your hands to receive the Holy Spirit. But what we do need to do is get over ourselves. Yes. All right. <laughs> the whole thing about the Holy Spirit coming in life is to get over yourself. <laughs> And, and I was sure that everyone was going to look at me. 21-year-olds, they know, they know everything and everyone's looking at them. <laughs> I'm sure I can't lift my hands. I said, I can't, so I'm just thinking these things. Like, you know, you don't want to talk to God guy out loud in the middle of the church, people think you're crazy. Right? But I was thinking, you know, Lord, I said, everyone's looking at me. And, uh, but finally when I yielded and lifted my hands, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon me. And I I didn't know whether to weep, to cry, to laugh. I couldn't say anything because I was just speaking in tongues, you know. And the same Jesus who baptized in the Holy Spirit in the first century, he baptized me in the Holy Spirit one Sunday morning,
0: 1982.
1: And I found out that God not only was, not only will be, but he is. And anyone who can't change God, he always has been the baptizer and the Holy Spirit. He always has been the savior But when we realize that He is that for me, He'll be that for you. Later, we were at Bible College, and we'd run out of money. We had a couple of kids—I, you know, with two children, one on the way—and had gone over with tens of thousands of dollars. We had two hundred dollars left in our bank account. Then the business I was working for closed down, and. I'd heard that God was a provider. Anyone heard that God's a provider? You heard that he was a provider? He ran that story where he broke the bread and, and fed everyone. So he was a provider, you know. And I know he said, I am Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. So he was, and, and I, I believe he will be. But what excites God is when he is.
0: Yes, that's
1: good. When he is. I was ready to pack up and come home virtually nothing in the bank. Melinda <coughs> told me she felt it was God's will for us to stay on the way I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know where. But if he was, if he was the provider, and if he will be the provider, he is the provider today. And I fell before him and said, God, you're going to have to do this and over the next year a new job a million dollars worth of furniture sales later and we were able to pay for parents to come over and visit us for the birth of Elise, lease and that and he became my father, he was he is if anyone wants to please God we must believe that he is today and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him <coughs> And whatever our need is, and for, we're going to go through some wonderful topics in this, uh, in this series. Talk about the atonement, talk about the authority of the believer, talk about the name of Jesus. And, but all that means nothing if he, if he isn't, is. If anyone's to come to God, they must believe that he is. And if you're to come to God, it's no good being here. It's no good being anywhere. You come to God. First of all, you say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I come to you today and I ask forgiveness. And then whatever our need today, if we're to please God, we must trust God. We must let him pick us up and put us on the shoulder, and he doesn't care about the pooey diaper or where the fingers go in the ears or eyes or up the nostrils. It's the fact that we trust in him that believes him, that pleases him. I'm excited about this series, but I want us to realize that if we're to come to God, we must believe that he is. He's for us today. He's here. He's rewarder. This is not some theological statement, this is not head, head knowledge, this is a head knowledge this is a God who wants to change our lives now I'm going to have every head bowed and every eye closed so we're going to give you an opportunity if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour if you don't know that if you were to die today that you would go to be with the Lord in heaven we're going to give you an opportunity to do something which most of us has done, which is to receive him as your Lord and Savior. And you believe in God. You believe that Jesus died for your sins, but you've never called him Lord. Like I said, I did that on the 17th of January 1975. Starry night, God. And I saw these people around me they had a joy. They had a life. And God had touched them. And I heard that Jesus died for me. And that verse that I grew up with, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Or well, was that today? That day is today. That day is today. If you never received him as your Lord and Savior, that day is today. Today is the day where you surrender your life and God becomes real to you. I want every head bowed and every eyes closed. I'm going to say a, I'm going to say a prayer, and we're all going to say it. It's actually a prayer that lasts forever, but we're all saying it in support of you if it's your first time. It's a prayer to ask Him and to acknowledge what He did for our lives, and to ask Him to be our Lord and Saviour. So, everyone, say this with me: Dear Heavenly Father, Amen. I believe in Jesus. Amen. I believe, I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead. I that he rose from the dead. And that my sins, my sins were paid for, were paid for by, him. by him. I believe that you have forgiven me. I have forgiven me. And today, today I, ask him I ask him into my heart, into my heart to heart be heart. my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, Jesus name. amen.